What's up, family? This is Pastor Isaac Curry, and I want to welcome you to our Therapy Thursdays. Tonight, there's a powerful word for you. I need you to go ahead and scoot up, sit down, get your paper out, because God has some absolutely jewels, some gems to be able to provide us on today, and I hope you're ready. Are you ready? Let us know where you're streaming from. No matter where you are, we want to know where you're streaming from. If this is your first time, let us know this is your first time in the comment section and family, friends, let all of our first-timers know how we feel about them. We welcome them. We're glad that they are here. Listen, this is Therapy Thursdays, and there is a therapeutic word based upon biblical principles that is waiting for you. Are you ready? I'm not, I'm not going to belabor the moment. I'm going to get right into it. I'm jumping right into it because we're dealing with, we argue too much. Did you hear that? We argue too much. We're going to deal with communication, conflict, ah, miscommunication, language. We're going to deal with this on today. And I promise you, it's going to help you in how you communicate in your relationships, in your family relationships, on your job, no matter where you are. It's going to help you to give you some insight on how you can move and move about better. Can I help you on today? Let me pray with you. Let me pray with you. Lord, we thank you for today. We thank you for this evening. We thank you for your word. We thank you for every single person who is tuning in. We need help. We need wisdom. We need knowledge. Lord, open up the floodgates and pour down on us all the things that we need. Give us overflow on today. Someone needs overflow. Meet us, God, at the place of our greatest deficit. We need you today, and Lord, I decrease that you may increase. God, give me the words to speak to your people. Open their hearts that they may receive what thus says the Lord. This is your moment, God. I glorify you. I lift you up. So now, God, bring glory to your name. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And all of God's people said together, amen. Somebody type, we argue too much. Have you ever felt like you just could not communicate clearly with someone? No matter what you did, it seemed like you were communicating well, but they just couldn't understand what you were trying to communicate. Have you ever had miscommunication in any type of friendship, relationship? I need to talk to some people who under who need this word. I need this word. I've been trying to communicate, but I couldn't get through that man. I tried to talk to him, but I just could not get through to him. And, and some guy said, well, I was talking to her. I asked her a question. She gives me an answer, but, that, but that's not what she really means. And so I don't really know what does she really mean. I, I can't understand. And, there's so much we need to talk about. Are y'all, are y'all, are y'all? We argue too much. Communication is to the relationship what blood is to the body. It carries everything where it needs to go. Communication is absolutely critical and essential. It is the greatest gift and tool that God gave humanity, period, point blank. It's so critical, it's so essential that the devil waged war. This is the very first area that the devil waged war against humanity. I know when we think about Eve, we think about the fruit, the temptation. But what I want to pose and posit and present to you is that the very first area that we received war or war was waged against us was in the area of communication. Ah, Think about it. 
did God really what did God really say? What did God really say? Did God really say that? Because God gave Adam a word and it was Adam's responsibility to communicate to Eve what God said to him. And before we assume that he communicated clearly, we have to always ask the question, I communicated one thing, but what did you hear? Eve, what did you hear? Because it's a good chance that she didn't quite understand what Adam communicated to her. I want to, I want to posit to you that there was a communication or a breakdown in communication because she says, uh, he said, don't eat from the fruit and don't touch the tree. Did God say don't touch the tree? What did you understand based on what Adam communicated to you? Somebody say miscommunication. Follow me. Communication is so essential that when you look at the tower called Babel, the Bible says that the men and women, all of these people were on one accord speaking one language. As a result, they were building a tower that was going to eventually reach heaven. God looked down, and this is what God said in the text. They are on one accord and they're speaking one language. There is nothing they can't do. Therefore, God teaches us wherever there is an atmosphere of clear communication, you can do and build anything. I'm speaking clarity over your life right now. I'm speaking clarity in your situation right now. But that's why God said, let us go down there and confuse their language so that they will not understand one another. Mm. Create a barrier so that you have to go an extra mile just to understand the other person. Now you're speaking two different languages. Communication. And the devil himself loves for you to be in an atmosphere, in a climate where you do not understand the other person. But I speak clarity over your life. Communication is absolutely critical. You can be oily and a terrible communicator. You can have all of the anointing. You could be in the presence of God and still not know how to talk to someone. Some of your greatest relationships have faltered and failed because somebody did not master the skill of communication. But that's why we're here on this evening. We're here on this evening because I want to give you five reasons that you experience the conflict that you experience. Five reasons that you experience the miscommunication that you do experience in relationships. I want to help you. I'm going to give you all five of them and then I'm going to come back and we're going to elaborate on them. Can I do that? I just want to jump right into it. Think about it. Number one, the reason why you experience the conflict that you do, the reason why you miscommunicate the way you do, you're not as good of a communicator as you think you are. Number two, how can I say this? Your filter is faulty. Number three, you were never taught how to disagree well. Number four, 
you're not a great listener. And number five, you're unaware of your argument style. What did, what, what do you say? Argument? You got to style? Yeah, yeah. You're unaware of your argument style. And because you're unaware of your argument style, you don't realize how you are perceived to someone else with whom you keep having conflict with. But where there's knowledge and awareness comes obedience and becomes and there's a response and then you do better because now I understand how I argue. But we'll deal with that. But can we dig? Can, can we can we dig? You're not as great of a communicator as you think you are. Let me help you before I even let, let me. I, somebody needs to know this. Arguments were never meant to be won. Arguments were meant to be understood. Did I just did I just mess somebody up? Our greatest issue is that we're trying to win the argument, but you can win the argument and lose the person. When you enter into an argument, a discussion, a debate, a debacle, your greatest goal should be to understand. That's why the scripture says in the book of Proverbs, in all things, gain understanding. But because our goal is not understanding, but it's to win, we win and still lose. You can be right and still wrong. Oh, come on, come on, come on. Help, help the folk, help the folk. What's important right now is that I focus on number one, which is you can, you're not as good of a communicator as you think you are. The goal in communication is this. The communicator sends a message, but communication isn't just sending a message. It's also making sure the receiver receives what has been sent. And very often we send messages, we communicate, and we don't care what the receiver receives. It's not just what the sender sends, it's what the receiver receives. For example, Truth is, I sent my older sister a text message and because I can be a little sensitive with her, she didn't respond in a timely manner. So I sent, I resent the message, details, still no response. So I said, I'm going to send you a third message and you better respond. And she didn't respond. And so now I am in my feelings. Because I'm trying to talk to you and you're ignoring me. When we actually finally talked on the phone, she'd been having some issues with her phone. So when I sent the message, it was when she was having an issue, so she never received the message. You see the issue there? When I was trying to communicate to her, I was only concerned on what I was sending and had very little concern on whether or not she received what I actually sent her. 
And we do the same thing in our conversations and in our communication with people. We become so focused and so preoccupied on saying what we need to say that we're we're not as concerned as we need to be with what the hearer will actually hear when the words come out of our mouths. Have you ever done this? Because I showed done it in my marriage and I tell you it's a funny thing and sometimes not so funny. My wife and I, we can be in a discussion. We can be in a debate. We can be having an argument and I can present my point to her and I say what did you hear me say that's one thing you want to always practice is when you communicate after you finish you want to always ask what did you hear me say you will be baffled on the responses that you could potentially receive from people who are on the other side of what is coming out of your mouth. Because you think that the way you said it was the right way, when you said it was the right time, and how you said it was just the greatest manner, when in fact the receiver didn't hear nothing of what you said. It could be that you're not as great of a communicator as you think you are at the very foundation. Can I talk to y'all today? Are y'all... I need to help you. At the very foundation of communication is language. Somebody type language. At the foundation of communication is language. But language is only effective if both the sender and the receiver comprehend the message. So it's possible that language can be put forth, but yet both people don't understand it. Let me help you. A man, his native language is logic. When he communicates, when he processes, he's usually processing what he's processing information and what he is thinking logic. He needs the bottom line facts. He needs the truth. He just needs the information. Give me the, 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 give me the data. Give me the truth. Give me the facts. He is facts-based. So when he's communicating, he's usually first communicating what he is thinking. But when a woman is communicating, she's usually communicating in her native language, her native tongue, which is intuition, emotions, feelings. So this is why when she is usually talking, she needs not just information. She needs all the data. She needs all the entry points. She needs the back and forth. She needs the whole entire grid because she can process. She can multitask. She wants the feeling. She wants everything. But a man, he does, I, I know you're feeling if you if you approach a man too quickly and you give all of your emotions, it's going to make him. Oh, 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 let's let's slow down. Let's slow down one thing at a time. Let me help you talking about language because many of us don't even realize that we have a, a tongue in which we speak we speak in logic and because a man speaks in logic and understands logic he usually thinks that when he speaks to the woman that he's going to speak to her logic speak to her heart and expects for her to interpret through her logic no he speaks his logic she interprets through her heart when she speaks, she usually is speaking to his heart, but he's interpreting through his logic. Are y'all following me where I'm going? She's usually speaking to his heart. He's usually speaking to her head. And if you're unaware, 
that you have a language, a native language in which you speak. You're going to continue to have issues, not just in your romantic relationships, but your work relationships, your friendships, because it seems as though you're speaking two different languages when in fact you have to learn how to become bilingual. When I learn that although I, I process logic, information, facts, that I have to transition to the other part of my brain because my wife, she interprets and speaks through feelings, not that she doesn't have logic, but her native language is feelings. So when she's speaking to me, although it sounds illogical, although it sounds like it doesn't make sense, she's speaking from her heart. And if I don't learn how to listen through emotions and listen through uh, the, the, the uh, intuition, I will often call it miscommunication. So both man and woman have to do two things. Learn how to speak in the other person's language. But the problem is we don't feel like it. It could be that one of your greatest issues and why you've experienced the miscommunication that you've experienced, it's because you're really not as good of a communicator as you'd like to believe you are. And nobody has ever had the courage to tell you that. The second thing, your filter is faulty. Tell them, tell them, tell them one more time, tell them one time. Another reason why in your relationship, in your marriage, in your friendship, on your job, at church, why you seemingly continue to have the conflict that you have is because you experienced trauma when you were young. You experienced hurt. Somebody took advantage of you. Somebody dropped you like Mephibosheth in the book of Samuel. And now that you've been hurt, now that you are still wounded, now that you have not healed, you've developed a filter and now your, your, your wounds have shaped your ears. Your, your trauma has shaped your ears. Your experience has shaped your ears. And now that your ears have been shaped, no matter what someone says to you, all you hear is offense. So no matter how they, how soft they speak, when they speak, where they speak, you're going to be offended. You're going to hear dishonesty. You're going to hear untrustworthiness. You're going to hear gossip. You're going to hear suspense. You're going to hear something. You're, you, you can't trust it because you hear through a faulty filter. One reason why you perhaps continue to experience the miscommunication that you experience. The reason why you argue the way you argue is because you have a filter that has not been removed. You have a filter that has not been identified and addressed. You have a filter and because so what somebody else did to you in your past, everyone who says something to you about a certain subject, everyone who comes at you a certain way, all you hear is what you went through. Oh, try to help, try to help, try to help, try to help, try to help. Number three, you were never taught how to disagree well. Mm, mm, 
Mm. We replicate the patterns learned from our parents. Somebody type learned behavior. If you're just tuning in, we argue too much. We argue too much. I don't care what you say. If you stay in, in line long enough at the fair, at the circus, you're going to get on the ride of miscommunication. And it's going to be a roller coaster. But the third reason why you could be experiencing the conflict that you experienced, the third reason why it's seeming, it seems as though you continue to have a breakdown in communication is because nobody ever taught you how to disagree. See, for you, when we disagree, we always got to fight. When we disagree, we always got to cuss. In your world, you have never seen two people disagree and actually still love one another and actually still be friends and actually still not and don't have to gossip about the other person. You've never seen two people have a difference of opinion because the space in which you come from, what you were taught in your childhood, the dysfunction that you experienced, it always had to be a yes or it always had to be a breakup in friendship. It always had to be a breakup in relationship. It always had to be a breakdown because we disagreed. Mm, come on, come on. You were taught that when I'm mad, we don't talk. Walk around the house, stomp, 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 silent treatment. Be vindictive. You were taught how I disagree is to be sarcastic, is to avoid you, is to try to be passive aggressive. And many of us have a learned behavior. So now the problem is, it's not that somebody, somebody probably already typed and said, well, I don't have a problem with, with disagreeing. Yeah, people, you may not experience disagreement a lot because people choose to stop disagreeing with you. It's not that you just don't have the issue of disagreeing badly. You don't know it because people have stopped trying to disagree with you. They just let you have your way. Because when you don't have your way, you pout, you shout, you cry, and you do whatever you need to do to get your way. And for some of us, our parents never taught us that it's okay that you have a difference of opinion. It's okay that someone tells you no. It's okay that your idea wasn't the best idea. It's okay that someone told you, hey, I didn't like how you responded. It's okay. Like, it's actually okay to disagree. Disagreeing is actually good for your soul. But for many of us, mm, you don't disagree well. You don't receive the feedback well. And so if someone tells you something, oh, oh, no. No, no, it's about to be a fight. You were never taught how. You were never taught that you can actually disagree. That we can actually have conflict. And we can actually deal with conflict well. We can deal with conflict biblically. You can actually have your, I can actually hurt your feelings and you can hurt my feelings and we can actually talk about it like adults and actually deal with what's on our hearts and our minds and actually speak what we feel, speak what we think. The next reason, I'm, 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 trying, to, I'm trying to help you, I'm trying to help you. Uh, uh, because, because some of us, we have been taught, just go to sleep and wake up as if yesterday didn't happen. 
that's not called resolution. That's not resolution. You argue, you fight, go to sleep, wake up like yesterday didn't happen. Some of us, we're taught just to have sex, even I'm talking about in your marriage, have sex, make up, don't talk about it. That doesn't mean that's problem solving. Some of us have such a distorted and dysfunctional way of handling our issues. Just because you don't talk about it doesn't mean it didn't happen. The next reason, let me give you this, let me give you this. You don't listen. Somebody say, I need to listen better. I need to listen better. I need to listen better. You don't listen as well as you should. Listening is a life skill. It is a skill that needs to be developed. But our problem is this. We, it's, it has been ingrained in our psyche to speak to get our point across by any means necessary. So whenever we're conversing, whenever we're trying to communicate, whenever we're trying to navigate some type of tension, I it has been ingrained in my psyche that I need to speak until I'm heard. I need to speak until I get my point across and we never take the time to listen. Somebody say, I need to listen better. We are terrible listeners. We expect to be ambassadors. We expect to be able to to hear the spirit of the Lord and to walk in the spirit, but we're terrible listeners in the natural. How can you be a great listener in the spirit, but a terrible listener in the natural? Let me tell you something about Jesus. Jesus was great at a lot of things, an excellent orator preacher, teacher. But more than that, he was a greater listener. Think about it. Jesus models for us how important it is for us to be able to listen. Communication falters on our ability or inability to listen. Jesus, he asked probing questions. Every time he moved into some into a new territory, he entered into a space and before he healed, before he blessed, before he moved, he always asked probing questions. And you want to know what he did? He listened for the answers. And then based upon the answers that were given, healing or blessings was a byproduct. Healing was always a byproduct of listening. Jesus listened intently. Think about this. If Jesus wasn't a great listener, a lot of things wouldn't have come to pass. Regardless of whether or not we know he knew the answer, he always asked and then he listened to what we had to say. Listening is a life skill that needs to be developed. But our issue is this. For some reason, we're taught. We're taught that to enter into a conversation, to enter into an argument, to enter into communication, to choose to listen first means you're losing something. Think about it. When we're talking, when we're conversing, when we're arguing, to choose to listen first almost feels like I'm I'm losing. Why does it have to be 
that if I choose to listen and understand first, that I'm losing. Listening is the greatest thing we can learn to do. I'm trying to help. That's why it says, be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. Be quick to hear, be quick to listen. But the problem is, we are absolutely terrible listeners. We listen defensively. We listen selectively. We listen when we feel like it. And then after we finish, we want you to understand everything that we want you to understand that we have to say. One reason Probably the greatest reason that we continue to have the breakdown in communication that we do is because you're actually not that great of a listener. And that's why Jesus reminds us, if you're going to grow spiritually, you have to become a better listener. We wonder We don't practice listening better in the natural, but we keep asking God to speak to us in the spiritual and then wonder why we don't hear God in the spiritual when we're not even working on listening in the natural. You can't be, you can't excel in the spirit and avoid growing in the natural. Come come on, come on, come on, come on. let, 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 let Let me, let me, let me, let me give you the last one. Let me give you the last one. Then I'll bid you a good day. Let me give you the last one. The reason why we continue to have breakdown in communication. The reason why we keep arguing so much. We argue too much. It could be the reasons that we've listed. You're not as great of a communicator as you think you are. Your filter is faulty. You aren't taught how to disagree well. You're not as good of a listener as you think you are. Or it could be you just don't understand or you haven't become aware of you. You perhaps have not become aware of you. Do you know how you argue? Are you aware? No, no, not just in passing. No, are you truly aware, Isaac? Are you aware how you argue? Are you aware? Not what you, how, do you, do you know your argument style? And it's important that we understand our argument style because it helps us to understand how we are perceived And it helps us to understand how to better communicate with the other person. Because I can give you the argument styles and the first thing you're going to do is think about somebody who fits that argument style instead of thinking about which area do you find yourself teetering the most. There are seven different argument styles that I I want to share with you that, 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 that I believe are impactful. I'm going to give you the argument styles and then I'm going to just, you know, to, to kind of go into a little detail with it. Number one, you have the competitor. Right. 
Two, you have the dominator. Three, you have the avoider. Then you have the accommodator. Then you have the defender. Then you have the stonewaller. And then you have the collaborator. I, I'm not going to talk real detail in this. It's just very simple. You have the collaborator. Most of us want to believe that we are the collaborator, right? The competitor. See, the thing about the competitor, when you're arguing, now watch this. The competitor usually sees his or her relationship as a scoreboard. They are usually the ones that are always pointing out the flaws of the other person, almost keeping tabs. They're almost always picking the argument. It's like they, they like to argue. You got the competitor who it, it seems as though relationships for them is a scoreboard and they're always trying to perfect the other person, but they don't hold their own selves accountable. The competitor. The competitor, when they're arguing, is the one who's always pointing out the flaws of someone else and never talking about their own self. And it seems as though they keep a tally and they're just trying to perfect the other person. You get the competitor. Then you have the dominator. See, the dominator usually takes charge. This is the one in, in the conversation, in the argument. I can see my wife right now peering through that screen saying, you better be honest about the dominator. See, the thing about the dominator, the dominator is the one who usually, um, how can I say it? They usually take charge of the conversation. And if you're not careful, the dominator will... Um, will speak and will take charge of the conversation to the point where the other person can't catch up because they perhaps don't move as fast or don't think as fast or don't process as fast. And so many times the dominator will appear to dominate the conversation because perhaps they have the answers, but perhaps they have the remedy, perhaps they, they have the plan. And many times they can come off as the one that is owning and controlling the conversation, the dominator. Then you have the avoider. The avoider pretends that he or she is cool, doesn't have a problem with that issue. They suppress what they're feeling. They don't talk about what they're feeling. Everything is okay because they just want to keep the peace. It's a difference between being a peacemaker and a peacekeeper. And an avoider many times wants to keep the peace so they never share what's on their heart. And many times they will do so to their fault. Many times they'll do it until they bubble up and when they bubble up and then they explode, it's because they were avoiding dealing with what they needed to deal with. You got the people who usually in arguments, they avoid. You can tell them how you feel and they will not tell you how they feel and they'll tell you it's because I didn't want you to feel a certain way or I didn't want. They just avoid. 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 Then you got the accommodator. Somebody say people pleaser. The accommodator, the thing about the accommodator, they usually want to accommodate the other person. They don't like to have conflict. They don't want the other person to be upset. They don't like to argue. And so what they will do is they will acquiesce and they will say yes. They will apologize. Whatever they need to do just so the conflict will be erased. 
So what I'm going to do is, I'm sorry. And they don't even feel like they didn't think, I'm sorry, you're right. Because they don't like conflict and they don't want you to, to leave. They don't want you to abandon. They don't want you to be upset. So they will accommodate the other person. Then you got the defensive person. The defensive, the defender, the defender. What the defender does is no matter what is said, no matter what is done, they always see your correction and your feedback as criticism and attack and an attack against their character. Am I helping somebody? So no matter what happens, if somebody give you can say all day, yeah, I accept feedback until they give you feedback. And then when that feedback comes, you shut down and then you have a comeback for everything they said because you just do not like feedback. You defend, you're defensive, you have an excuse and a reason, you and it's hard to hold you accountable because you're always defensive. But then you have the stonewaller. See, here's the thing about the stonewaller. The stonewaller controls the conversation and controls the argument because what they'll do is they'll shut down on you. They will shut down and they will withdraw. Some of us, men mostly, not saying only men, but men mostly, we can perfect that stonewalling. We can withdraw. We can give you the silent treatment to the point where you feel like you should never open your mouth and, and shared your thoughts and shared how you felt. Stonewalling. But then you have the collaborator. Somebody say collaborator. Collaborator. The thing about the collaborators, they consider the entire situation and the perspective of the other person. And the one thing about the collaborator is they move and they flow. They operate in empathy. Empathy. The death of empathy is the reason that relationships are faltering today. It's being able to put myself in your shoes and consider how you're feeling before I make a decision. A collaborator, when they are in arguments, when they're communicating, what they are wanting to make sure that they do is listen and understand. They, they want to seek to understand before they seek to be understood. Many of us think we're collaborators, but I'm here to help you. You're not as you're not a, you're not as great of a collaborator as you probably think you are. But that is the goal. See, here's the thing. Why? Why are we? arguing so much sometimes it's a lack of self-awareness sometimes it's our inability to release control sometimes it's just a trauma that we've experienced and we've heard and we've encountered but I want to plead the blood of Jesus over your life Oh, we we probably need a part two that deals with some other things to actually enter into better communication. And we're probably going to need to do that in a couple of weeks. I, I think so. What do you think about that, Jerry? Listen, this is this is powerful. We argue too much. Somebody say, I'm going to argue better. Somebody type, I'm going to argue better. Yeah, that sounds like a, 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 a paradoxical statement. Yeah, I'm going to argue better. I'm going to argue well. I'm going to disagree well. Because whatever it is that's keeping you from being able to hear clearly, whatever it is that's keeping you from being able to be empathetic, whatever it is that's keeping you from being able to speak, 
I'm praying that God brings to your awareness the blind spots that you have. It is my prayer today that God keep you, that God guide you, that God guard you. That God helps to release the bondage on your tongue, the bondage on your ears. The devil is waging war against your mouth. The devil is waging war against your ears. The devil does not want you to communicate well. It's the one thing that the devil has been waging war at and you have not realized it and you have allowed him to win. But today we break that agreement. We bind the devil into the pits of hell and I plead the blood of Jesus over each and every one of you. We're going to be clear communicators. We're going to be great communicators in order to do what God has called us to do and to be who God has called us to be. God, we thank you for today. We thank you for your word. We thank you for this day. We thank you for truth. We thank you for your spirit. God, right now, you know where we need growth the most. Give us humility. Give us understanding. Give us patience. Give us kindness. And give us empathy. We thank you, God. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, y'all, we bless you and we thank you. Look forward to seeing you all um, in a couple of weeks. Peace.